Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? James Lynch here, not Sean Ross Sapp here, on the Fightful MMA uh, post-fight show for UFC 227. Uh, I am joined today by a good friend of mine, a guy I used to do a podcast with, and uh, you'll know him quite well. He's the founder of Cage Hero, and he's also Chris Wyman's old manager. I'm joined by Ian Parker here on the post-fight show. Ian, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Everything's good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's good to have you on here again, and uh, glad uh, I got to give a big shout out to Sean Ross Sapp for letting me host this. And uh, what a card that was! UFC 227 in the books, and we'll start right at the top from the uh, main event. And guys, if you have any questions, we'll be checking the chat throughout the night and answering those as, as best as we can. But TJ Dillashaw gets another knockout over Cody Garbrandt in the main event. I know your internet cut out, but uh, just thoughts initially on TJ retaining the title and potentially looking to fight Henry Cejudo next. They asked him in the post fight. Sounds like that's who he wants next. Uh, I think this this fight, you know, TJ made a comment that if he beats Cody again, it'll cement him as the top of the division or in the history of. I, I don't agree. I mean, listen, knocking out Cody back to back times, excellent. I still think he's got work to do in the division. You know, he didn't, he hasn't really defended his title more than once. You know, he, he won it, lost it. Uh, I think uh, someone like TJ right now has all the potential in the world division, stay at the top for a while. And I don't think Cejudo should be next. TJ. I mean, you might end up seeing him again or, you know, someone else in the division. Um, it's not that division's fault that they keep recycling situation. I know Chel Sonnen mentioned that this week, how, uh, you know, you got Cruz and Cody and Cody and TJ and Cody and Dominic. You know, I, I would be shocked if they didn't have Dominic come in, fight TJ, you know, and let Cejudo, you know. I mean, then I think it's uh, Sergio Pettis is going to fight Jusio Flamingo, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then they'll let I mean, DJ. You don't defend the belt. It's been six years. Set all the records and not get an immediate title shot unless you're Steve Miocic. Brock uh, Lesnar coming down to 125. I would expect the trilogy of Dimitri. I would, I would expect TJ to probably fight Dominic Cruz or someone else in that division. 
you know, th- there's no need for Cejudo to go up yet. Uh, he's got plenty of time. He did just beat me. I won that fight. I don't think many did. Uh, very compar scoring, in my opinion. I actually had Demetrius Johnson up four to one. Uh, um, you know, I guess according to the judges, but yeah, you know, guys want to do these super fights. They want to get paid, but we got to go back to the days where you clear out the division and leave it absolutely no choice. Become a star, then do the then do the super fights. Because right now, neither one of those guys are ready for that. I don't know if you can go to a closer uh, Wi-Fi connection or something. You're cutting out a little bit there, but I got the gist of what you were saying here as far as, uh, you know, not doing the Cejudo Dillashaw fight next. But uh, here's the thing. I kind of see both sides of it because, you know, you have Bantamweight, which like you said, has a lot going on. Personally, I don't think Dominic Cruz deserves the next shot. You know, he's coming off a loss and an injury layoff. You know, why is Tony Ferguson having to wait at lightweight and, and having to take another fight? Why is Cruz getting in there? Now, granted, Cruz was the champion for a while. But in my opinion, uh, you know, it's half El Sunsau. It's Marlon Moraes. Those are fights I think that make more sense for Dillashaw at this point. Uh, Dillashaw, I know he beat a Sunsau twice, so maybe that's not going to put a Sunsau in the front of the line. But why not Moraes at this point? You know, he's coming off that big win over Jimmy Rivera. I think he's a viable option here. But uh, if they want to do the Cejudo fight, if you look at this from flyweight, yeah, of course, uh, Johnson needs to do the trilogy fight with Cejudo. I get that. But his wife, you heard him tonight. She's going to have their third child. Let Demetrius take some time off. You can do that trilogy fight in flyweight down the line a little bit. If Cejudo wants to fight, uh, you know, Dillashaw. I, I don't have an issue with it, especially because Dillashaw didn't really, it didn't look like he took too much damage here tonight. So I can see both sides of it. But uh, to me, it's either Moraes next for Dillashaw or you do Cejudo. I, I don't think it's, you know, flyweight right now. They're in no rush to get that trilogy fight right now. After DJ, uh, you know, fighting again for the belt, there's no clear-cut contender in my opinion. So flyweight to me is a bit of a mess. Whereas bantamweight, I could see the argument there, there because there's a few contenders. But personally, I don't think Dominic Cruz deserves the next shot. What are your thoughts I don't, on that? I don't, I, I, I don't Cruz. I was kind of just more making the point that there's work for TJ to be done in his weight class before Cejudo. And I honestly, I think you're right. be the guy, um, you know, but keep in mind, though, we don't know what damage Cejudo really did to or his knee. You know, a lot of guys with the adrenaline that fight through these injuries and you find out later that they fought the fight with a torn something. You know, for me, I don't care if you quintuplets right now. We, we all know the UFC has to do this trilogy fight. One reason only to make Cejudo a star or to really cement Demetrius Johnson even further this way. To your point. That 125-pound division, who gives a shit, right? Outside yeah. of Demetrius Johnson Cejudo, right? Honestly, mm-hmm. you can have those guys fight every weekend, and I'll watch it, pay for it. We're good. But if you want Cejudo to eventually go and fight, let's say TJ Dillon from now, right? And let's say TJ goes out and beats Marlon Moraes, and then he goes and fights Dominic, beats Dominic again. You know, so let's say Sergio Pettis, you know, and, and then he beats Demetrius Johnson. If he beats DJ twice... Now you got a star here, and you got a lot of marketing behind it. Okay, you got the gold medalist. Okay, let's not forget this guy's up until this point, a lot of missed weight cuts, a lot of bullshit earlier in his career, and he's just turning it around now. And again, and yeah, the scorecard said what they said, but that trilogy fight, it, it kind of has to happen. You know, right. it's one of those things where if you're giving other guys like Cody, why did Cody get a rematch? Okay. Well, it's his manager, obviously. I mean, come on. Ali Abdelaziz, that guy. I mean, it's the same reason Calvin Gaslam's getting a title shot against Whitaker, and he just lost to Weidman last year. Well, here's – okay, so <laughs> and if we could jump into that because, listen, the fact that – I'm just saying good management helps. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you're not wrong, but I don't think it's Ali. I don't think, I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think 
was just kind of like, what are you going to do right now? Chris did beat him, but then Chris was injured for a year. You know, it's Chris. Who was he beaten? Then he knocked out Jacques. And at that point, they're just, they have to have a title fight at some point. There's nothing. can't do Romero. Guy missed weight, 205, all this stuff. So for this, to answer your original question, um, I don't think the super fight is really necessary right now. I'd like to see Cejudo defend the belt at least three times. And I'd like to see TJ fight Marlon. You know what? To your point, Marlon Moraes. I would really like to see that fight. I think what Marlon did to Jimmy Rivera was beautiful. It kind of proved his point. And some of these guys, man, they're all taking these short notice fights. They're winning. They're winning clean, quick in the first round, like your boy Anthony Smith. And they're doing work. And these guys are flying up the division. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, let, let's get to the co-main event now. I mean, we've kind of talked sure. about that. Although uh, I will say, uh, you know, maybe before we dive into that, what's next for Cody Garbrandt at this point? Like, does he move up? Like, you lose two times of the champ, uh, you know, unless something happens there. Like, I, I really don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, I guess you give him a, maybe you give him like a Jimmy Rivera or something like that to keep him busy in the meantime. But it's it's a tough uh, billing. You get put in the Rich Franklin zone when you lose twice to the, to the champ. True. The only difference between, between him and Rich Franklin, though, is Anderson Silva beat everybody and anybody at that time frame. It was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if TJ is unstoppable yet. You know, based on what I'm seeing, Marlon Moraes can beat him. Do I think TJ's the overall all-around better fighter, especially if the fight goes in the deep waters? 100,000%. And that's not a knock on TJ. Just look what Moraes did outside the UFC. He comes in, rebounded quick. And since he's been on his tear, he's been on a real tear. Like, we're not talking about boring decisions. Like, this guy's showing us all elements all elements, and one of the more well-rounded guys and bigger guys in that division. If I'm Cody right now, I don't jump up. I definitely don't jump up yet. He's young. He's got time. You know, if TJ goes and wins his next three title defenses, then if and Cody wins all three, I would then shoot Cody up a weight class because uh, at that point, back to your original point, they're not, there's no reason to do the trilogy. Even this fight now, there was no marketing behind it because the, no one was talking shit this time. You know, the ultimate fighter, when they were hating each other, gave so much pop. With this one, I think it's something everyone wanted to see because they know these guys are exciting fighters, but I don't think the juice was still there. You know, the whole alpha male versus TJ thing, it wasn't there this time. There's no storyline. You know, so I think for Cody, he's young. He, he could take it on the chin, literally, no pun intended. Uh, you know, and he, and he could work his way back up. I don't think TJ's going to be there forever. I, I don't, you know. And okay. like you said, Cody could always jump up. Let's talk about the co-main event. We have to. I mean, this fight delivered in ways that I didn't think was possible. This was probably the greatest fight in flyweight history, in my opinion. So close of a matchup. I know you're not a fan of the scorecards, but either way, very good fight for Henry Cejudo, who ends up uh, you know, pulling this one out. Personally, I had it 48-47 Johnson. I felt like that fifth round, he did a little bit more than, than just what Cejudo did with his takedown, uh, in my opinion. But uh, again... I didn't think it was a robbery. I thought it was such such a close fight that it could have gone either way. I was a little bit surprised they did go with Cejudo only because usually the champion, if it's a close fight, they usually give it to him. You scored this for for Johnson in a lot of the rounds. What rounds did you score him for it? And uh, you know how shocked were you that that Cejudo ended up getting it? Yeah, Johnson won three and five, one hundred percent. The thing that shocked me the most, listen, but. At no point has the word robbery come out of my mouth. That gets thrown around too much in the MMA world. There was mm-hmm. no robbery here. Um, you know, D- DJ didn't finish. And we all know when it goes to the scorecards, anything can happen. And this wasn't that crazy. I just, my whole thing is this. And this is coming from someone who was a wrestler, who was a grappler, you know, before anything. So who don't really do a whole lot with his takedowns? You know, and, and the striking, you know, DJ landed on what, almost double? You know, it, it's kind of one of those things where just because... You know, 
Cejudo held him down for a minute and a half towards what was at the end of round four, round two, whichever one it was. To me, if there's no damage being done, you, you can have control. But did the first part of the round, was it stronger than the end of the round? I thought DJ's work out should have outscored what Cejudo did on the ground. And that was kind of the only part where I had the issue with the scorecards. Um, but listen, like you said, that fight gave us everything. I give Cejudo a ton of credit. That ankle was disgusting in the yep. first round. Uh, well, he, well, he rolled twice, right? Believe me, I, I've done it before. Anyone who's rolled their ankle before knows that's rough. And DJ went right for that leg as soon as possible. So to really overcome that obstacle and to come back and be possibly, well, not possibly, the best MMA fighter of all time, big respect to Henry Cejudo. And listen, he, he won. It is what it is. And we talked about what's next for both guys. I mean, we'll really just have to see how this pans out. It seems like the UFC wants to do that bantamweight super fight, but you never know. I think people were so sold on this fight tonight, uh, how good it was, how back and forth it was. Um, I, I think people are, are really wanting to see a third fight. And can DJ come back from this loss and make adjustments to, you know, get a definitive win uh, in, in the trilogy fight? Um, you know, like I said, close fight. I don't think it was a robbery. Uh, just, just a great fight, though. This was one of those fights that really, I think, not only raised the stock of both fighters, but also raised the stock of the flyweight division in a way because they needed this this was just a fight that really is one of those memorable matchups that you're going to look back on and say yeah that was a great fight um you know for people to to go back and watch but uh yeah it was pretty amazing i was actually looking at uh, some of the uh, prop bets here uh just you know you and i both like to talk uh, betting and stuff but uh so wins by decision here i was looking at this prop i think it was plus 800 yeah it was plus 715 so I mean, obviously, Cejudo was the underdog at plus 375, but, uh, I mean, anyone played him by decision, which, I mean, if you think about it, I think if people would have picked Cejudo as the winner, they probably would have thought it would, would have been by decision. So, good odds on anyone who uh, played that. That was uh, that was pretty impressive there with those odds. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, again, Demetrius Johnson, his wife is having their third child. He might want some time off. You know, they, they still need a main event for that New York card uh, with uh, Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz. Does a potential super fight go to that? I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I mean, really, uh, like no, I said, well, dude, there's, there's, you don't there's, think so? there's no, okay. There's no way just, okay. So keep in mind though, with the super fight with these divisions, just keep in mind, Demetrius Johnson. Do you consider Demetrius Johnson a star? You have to. Okay. Now, is he marketed like one? No. Outside of the Metro PCS commercials, he gets no <laughs> love from the UFC. And, and listen, it just, cause he does his own thing. He makes his own money through, you know, uh, streaming on Twitch and all this other stuff. He's kind of really independently the best fighter of all time. You cannot just take a guy who just beat him by split decision and throw him into a super fight. I don't think Cejudo's earned that yet. That super fight, now Demetrius Johnson turned it down for whatever reason. We'll leave it to all that stuff. We don't want to get behind the scenes with him in the UFC and management. But dude, if you're going to do a super fight, it's got to be after the trilogy. Because if Demetrius wins... You're clear cut. If Cejudo then went, then beats DJ again, you, you got to build up a star one way or the other, you know, right. and, and definitely not the main event. I, personally, if Cejudo versus TJ is the main event at MSG, I would personally be pissed. Actually, yeah. be on the card, not main event, dude. No way. It's not. It's not worth it. You, you got guys like Maurice, like you said, who are ready for a title shot. You know, you don't. You don't need to skip these guys. Don't let them ride the pine. Build these divisions up. They need it. One twenty-five needs to be built up. And to your point tonight, prove. That division has some fire in it. Just give us some love, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't want to get into too much detail here and veer off uh, yeah. the course of UFC 227, but I, I think the New York card, they're, they're going to pull something out of a hat, whether it's John Jones somehow comes back or George St. Pierre comes up. Because to me, if Poirier Diaz isn't the main event, you've got to have an even bigger star headlining that because that's a great fight that, you know, Diaz's name alone, just off McGregor, I think could headline that card, but they're, they're not making it the main event.
event. So I don't know what's happening there. We'll keep an eye on that. But let, let's continue with this card here. Um, another uh, great performance here. Probably the best performance of his career for uh, Renato Moicano, getting the uh, win over Cub Swanson, finishing him. First time Cub Swanson's lost three fights in a row in his career. Moicano establishing himself as not just a prospect, but I think a contender in this division. His only loss to, uh, to Brian Ortega. What were your thoughts on his performance here? And what do you think's next for him? I do have a fight in mind, but I'll, I'll get that uh, on the table here after I hear your, your thoughts. Well, number one, um, not to take anything away from him, Cub, Cubs on the downhill, but yeah. a great gatekeeper. And I think um, Moicano kind of showing everyone. Remember, Moicano was actually beating Ortega, okay, mm-hmm. in that fight. I, I had him winning that fight up until he got caught. Um, listen, the dude came out tonight and did what he needed to do. Everyone saying, all right, is this guy ready to move to the next level? Beating Cub by decision, like a boring one, won't do the trick. Go out, finish him, and boy, did he. And, and you know, calling out Ortega after that is a, is a little a little funny in my book. I'd rather see him against a guy like Chad Mendez, you okay. know, or something like that. You know, just some of these guys got to understand in their careers, and, and this is something from probably a little bit of experience, take your time because it, it's interesting. If you, if you kind of build yourself up, believe it or not, you will move way quicker, okay? The dude's not fighting the Asanya, yes, but yeah. Sorry, Asanya, I apologize. You know what? I can always count on you <laughs> correct his names. I have no problem with that. <laughs> um, with Mr. Stylebender, um, you know, but just he's a great example. A guy came in, he took on some other prospects, went towards Brad Tavares, okay? And a situation like that, a lot of people had Tavares due to the experience, the power, you know, whatever. And look what this kid did. When Connell could kind of do the same thing. I would, if I were him, I would go for a guy who's maybe like, number six or five in the division, mm-hmm. you know, really test yourself out because if you jump up too soon and you get smoked, it, it does, it does a lot of bad shit to you. Remember, remember Louis Smoka, what happened with him? He was going quick. And then all of a sudden he took on a guy, Moreno finished him. And then all of a sudden the guy couldn't, you know, find his way out of a paper bag to win. So I will say the kid was very impressive tonight. You and I spoke earlier. We thought he was probably the, you know, the, the guy who was going to show the best on the card. And he really did. And it's good to see some fresh meat in that division. Yeah, the foot I was going to suggest for uh, for uh, Moicano at this point, uh, people might disagree with me here. I think I think the Aldo fight makes a lot of sense because wh- who's Aldo going to fight at this point? The only thing is right now with Holloway and not, not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, they have to sort of see what's happening with Holloway and if he is going to fight Ortega and, you know, they've got it because Chad Mendes is there, obviously. Um, you know, I, I like that fight as well, too. Um, but but Aldo, I mean, you could really test yourself at this point because does he fight, you know, or he could fight Jeremy Stevens, but he's Stevens is coming off a loss. To me, it's like him fighting Swanson yeah, all over yeah. again. Um, I don't know. I, I think Aldo <laughs> or or, um, or or you could even do maybe the winner of, um, you know, Edgar and uh, and Korean Zombie as well. I don't know. But I, I think if you're Moicano, you're in a great spot right now. This was this was a statement win. You know, here's the thing with Swanson. You know, he's a very durable guy. And, you know, he's fought a lot of tough competition, but to get finished the way he did, um, I know he's been finished like that before, but to have Moicano do this, very impressive. And and just already in his career, I mean, he's got wins over Jeremy Stevens, and, you know, he's just, he's, he's really established himself as sort of a dark horse in the division, and I think you can't go wrong in his next matchup as far as uh, what happens there, but uh, it's good to be in the business of uh, Moicano these days, getting a win like that. And and, and I wanted to jump in real quick. I, so here here's what's interesting, you brought up Aldo. What I think they're going to do I don't think Holloway is going to be ready for a minute. I think it's going to be a little bit because they're still not really telling anyone what exactly happened. I know he shot down the rumors of having a stroke, and I, I believe him because that would have hit way quicker. Um, personally, I think I think that's too soon from Waikano. I think, to your point, the winner of Edgar, Korean Zombie, because if Edgar beats Zombie, then do you do Edgar 
Joshua Ortega for the interim belt, but then you got Aldo, who really only lost to Holloway and finishes Stevens in pretty dramatic form, and no one really thought that was going to happen. Personally, I'll take his time, get healthy. I would do Ortega Aldo, okay, for the interim belt or, or belt. You know, the interim belts are bullshit. Just say he's the champ and then <laughs> give Holloway the title shot and then let, let Moicano fight the winner of Edgar. You know, and then listen, if Edgar beats Zombie, beats Moicano, whoever the champ is at that point, at least he earns it back. You get these guys, the UFC is trying really hard to not recycle these same matchups, but unfortunately, a pound division, if the same three guys are at the top, it doesn't matter how many times they circulate, they win, they win. You know, but it would be really nice to see a guy like Moicano kind of, that's what I'm saying, progressively get there. I think if he goes against Aldo and loses real quick, we're going to lose another prospect instead of building him up the right way. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, and, and one other thing I wanted to point out, Moicano uh, in round one prop was plus 775. So uh, if anyone had played that, obviously uh, you'd, you'd make some good coin there, uh, which is really good. Uh, let's continue with the card here. Uh, we've got uh, the, the women's fight, J.D. Aldrich uh, getting the win over uh, Poliana Viana. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, she closed in, as an underdog in this fight, so big win for her. Uh, and Viana, pretty disappointing, I'd say. We've talked about this, and if you need to screenshot my J.J. Aldrich, uh, pick, uh, you know, the thing with uh, Aldiana, Polly, whatever, whichever way you want to call her, I'm tired. The problem with her is that her striking has not evolved. And if she can't get to the fight to the ground and play a top game, she essentially loses, you know. And Aldrich has got pretty good takedown defense for the most part, gets up really quick. And her striking has gotten way more and more efficient. Um, she really got into the pocket the right way. And she was just, she was doing everything right. This was a fight where, even as an underdog coming in, I really didn't feel she was an underdog. I felt stylistically this would be a really good opportunity. She showed. And, and you know what's interesting? And we talked about this before with some of these women's fights. It's almost like a coin flip when you have those odds, you know, because the styles never play into each other correctly. It's super weird. Like that last fight we talked about with Jamie Moyle, how she ended up losing in that one. It's so hard to bet on the women's fights unless it's title fights because – it just you you really don't know which fighter shows up that night. It's pretty crazy, but Aldridge really showed some stuff tonight. She's young. I, I've liked her for a little while. I think she's good. And I, I listen, if she keeps evolving, maybe she's got something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, again, that division's sort of going through a bit of a transition, so we'll we'll sort of see what happens there. Don't really have much more to say about that fight. Um, <laughs> let, 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 let's talk about the. I mean, there isn't really much to say. I mean, this we're, that, grabbing, that probably, we're reaching, we're reaching. Yeah, it was probably one of the more disappointing fights in the card. Um, let's let's uh, finish off the main card here, and then we'll get to your questions. I know a lot of people are uh, speaking in the chat here. We'll definitely get to those for sure. But uh, we got to talk about Thiago Santos and Kevin Holland. So listen, when this fight was announced, and you know, I followed Kevin Holland's career for a while. I was inter- I've interviewed him a couple times. Uh, just on the regional scene um i was worried i was like why is the ufc doing this fight because santos while he was coming off the knockout loss holland didn't look very good on contender series he basically fought a welterweight in a fight that was supposed to showcase him uh you know to, to look good uh you know he fought a welterweight in will santiago who was nine and four at the time or i think he was eight and four or nine maybe nine and three or something and uh holland went out there and he didn't actually look that good but he ends up getting this ufc contract getting the fight against Santos. And Santos, even though he had the loss to Branch, he was still pretty high up in the division. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, Holland actually, uh, you know, he had his moments in this fight. Thiago Santos did end up getting the win, but this was just really weird matchmaking. And I don't really think it helped Thiago Santos in any means. I think if anything, his stock went down in this fight because this was a fight he should have won pretty handily. And he struggled at certain times. He couldn't put him away. And uh, Kevin Holland kept flying for crazy submissions. What did you make of this fight? This was a little bit odd uh, opening up the uh, main card. Well, you know how much I love my matchmaking ability, and I would say that 
I don't understand that either. Um, it's really freaking weird. Here, here's when these situations occur. For Holland, it was a win-win. He wins, huge deal. If he survives and has some bright spots, they could say he earned a UFC contract and he'll get another chance and he'll fight someone a little bit lower on the totem pole and he'll probably get a win. For Tiago Santos, this was um, just to get him back in the win column. Obviously, they were hoping that he would showcase and get a knockout in the first round. For me, I don't know if his stock necessarily drops. Um, it doesn't do him any favors. Oh. Hold on. There we go. Sorry. Oh, no worries. My bad. Um, I don't necessarily think his stock drops per se. It just it doesn't do him any favors. What happened, um, the whole thing was pretty funky in itself. Um, I think he was just happy to really get the win and get out of there. But good for Holland for, you know, stepping in on this fight and, and going at it like it wasn't against a guy like Tiago Santos. To your point, no idea what the UFC was thinking because if Tiago Santos would have lost, that would have been a really, really unfortunate loss for that division because I think that guy's got something. He's just one of those guys that gets to, like, you know, top four, and then he loses to a guy he should smoke. You know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Here's what's so confusing about the about the, the matchup for a couple of reasons. First off, Tiago Santos, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, was a backup for Tavares and Adesanya on the top 27 finale. He actually yeah. weighed in. So he was supposed to be in line there. So that makes me think the UFC thinks somewhat of him if he's if he's going to be a backup, right? Like, just, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, you, you put that in place. And then you've got Holland, who I can understand if he was a journeyman. Let, let's say he's like a 36-year-old, had worked his way on the regional scene, had a bad fight on Contender Series, and, th- and then gets in the UFC. I can understand that. Kevin Holland's 25 years old. He's got a good personality. You watch his interviews. This guy talks trash. He even did a little bit of showboating on Contender Series. What are you doing, UFC? Why are you trying to feed this guy to the wolves? And thank God he didn't get destroyed in this fight because that's how you kill a prospect is by feeding him to a guy who has knockout power like Thiago Santos does. I don't get it. I mean, thankfully, Holland actually ended up looking not too bad in this fight. I mean, he, he lost, but it wasn't a huge loss for him. But, man, this could have really backfired in the UFC. And I, I got to you know scratch my head at why they did this. No clue what they do next for Holland here. I would imagine they give him a bit of an easier fight because it's like, come on, man. The guy's 25 years old. He's in the middleweight division, which is just going through a complete influx right now with, you know, Whitaker being the champion and guys losing, guys, you know, moving up, moving down, whatever. Um, you know, th- this to me was a bit of a puzzling move there as far as that matchup goes. And Thiago Santos, what the heck do you do with him now? Again, I know, I know he got the win, but man, like, did, did, it, did you take away anything tonight that says, man, this guy could really be a title challenger? I didn't at all. No, no, of course not. I'm kind of just looking at this like, this fight never happened for him, you know, or, right. or, okay, he got a win after again, smoked by branch, but you know, I was going to say him versus Brad Tavares would almost make sense. You know, right. even though Tavares is coming off a loss. Cause to me, this fight really it was insignificant tonight. I think if you do that, you got to make title Santos earn it. Cause tonight this was kind of a gift and he didn't take advantage of it all. And that's not a knock on Holland, you know, at all. It's just, if you watch Tiago Santos's fights, the guy is a, a force to be reckoned with, but maybe he's gotten in the Ganyu syndrome a little after the knockout. You know, remember him fighting in this fight, there's probably more pressure on him. He's like, shit, I'm supposed to knock things. Someone to probably anyone except for James Lynch has followed this guy's career, <laughs> you know? And no, seriously though, if you ask 99% of the MVP, one of your polls, people, you know, and they probably don't even realize he was on the contender series. And Santos is probably like, man, if I lose to this guy, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, you know, it, sometimes that mentality happens when you fight a guy way lower. Why he even took this fight? Also, maybe in there and fill the card. I, I don't know. 
All right, we're gonna get to questions, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to try something here because uh, your connection's cutting out a little bit. Uh, try try turning off the webcam. See if you can just go to photo. Maybe that'll make the connection a little bit better. Maybe it's trying to grab the video. I don't know if that'll uh, work because well we're getting some uh, getting some complaints here in the chat. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that makes things a little bit better. We apologize, guys. We definitely want to have a good stream here. Let's get to the the comment section. I see a lot of people here uh, putting in comments. These are great. I can't read all of them. We'll, we'll definitely go to sort of the questions here, but a lot of people. Uh, feeling that Demetrius Johnson won that fight. And, you know, I I can't argue with that. I mean, again, this was one of those fights. It's so close. It it could have gone either way, in my opinion. I I don't think there was a clear-cut, you know, winner there. Um, You know, I will definitely see the trilogy fight. It's just a matter of when. Um, Let's see what we got here as far as questions go. If you guys have any questions, be sure to submit them, and then we'll get to the uh, prelims part of the the card. Uh, Someone making a comment on Ali Abdelaziz. I'm not going to read that. Uh, What do we got here? Um, some guy calling me Dean Ambrose, you know, listen guys, I, I appreciate the Dean, Dean Ambrose at comparisons. I also get Ryan Bader a lot too. Uh, I'm flattered. Trust me. <laughs> I think Dean, Dean Ambrose is doing quite well from what I can tell. Um, da, 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 da. Justin Buckholz wasn't at UFC 217 and tonight is this a conspiracy? Uh, I think Buckholz left alpha male. He's kind of doing his own thing. So that I don't alpha, think alpha male, alpha male removed him as head coach. They kind yeah. of, what they did was they took a bunch of the coaches and broke him up. He didn't like that. He left. And then he fought a few times. Okay, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Justin H says, can you guys talk about what DC and Rogan were smoking, saying that Mighty Most lost the fourth after dominating for three three minutes and 30 seconds, and then Henry scored a takedown and laid down? Yeah, I don't know. The commentary was a little bit off tonight. Did you notice that a bit? Well, but that was exactly what I was talking about before. Remember what I said? I said yeah. to you, I don't really understand what they were saying because, yeah, Cejudo was riding him for the last minute and a half. But, yeah, you know what? Sometimes these guys kind of um, – what's the word for and we've seen it kind of a lot it's mostly with joe rogan they get a little biased towards one side and it's almost like they're hearing it from the truck like oh make sure you talk about this to make the fight seem like it's a little different than what it is but who knows who knows we well, listen we know what joe rogan smokes so that answer is uh <laughs> yeah, pretty exactly. easy with that one for sure uh someone's asking just a random question if, if tom lawler will ever fight in the ufc again when the suspension's over i, I think he probably won't just because he's uh, getting up there in age do, do you see tom well, lawler returning at all uh, well, if you guys follow Tom Lawler's career, he's a professional wrestler now, full-time. Yeah. So he, he's actually uh, – he, he, he wrestles in like 12 different organizations around the world. Him and mm-hmm. Matt Riddle and all those guys. So, no, you'll never see Tom Lawler ever again. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here uh, as far as questions go. Um, someone's calling me an MMA nerd. That's fine. Rather be called that than telling me I suck. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, Wait, someone's calling you an MMA nerd? They're, they're calling me an MMA nerd. This Bill Blast guy. He's throwing a lot of shade at me tonight. He called me Dean Ambrose. Now he's saying I'm a nerd. So. Can I ask that guy a question? Yeah, sure. Hey, to the dude ask telling James the nerd, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> writing a question by yourself in your mom's basement? Pump the brakes, bro. This guy's, paid, this guy's getting paid to talk MMA. You're not getting paid, and you're asking him questions. <laughs> Fucking guy. Look at look at we just un- we just th- that's why he's called Cage Hero. Uh, you know if uh, if 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 Ian uh, you know gets riled up, he'll he'll be unleashing the uh, you know the fury here, as as you guys can see here. Um, a lot of people talking about you know the takedown uh, judging here. I agree with you guys. You know in the chat, like I don't think just because someone gets a takedown that should negate uh, if someone's striking a lot um, and and all that stuff. Um, you know I I just for for me it's one of those things where you got to look at the striking as well too. Um, let, let's see. Uh, as far as other questions, okay, if you don't have any questions right now, let's get to the uh, prelims. And if you guys have more questions, put them in the chat. We'll get to them later in this uh, breakdown here. 
Uh, Brett Johns, Pedro Munoz, uh, another bit of a weird fight here. Uh, Pedro Munoz, it looked like he was going to put away Brett Johns at a certain point. Johns uh, had a leg injury uh, in this fight, um, and Munoz ends up getting the decision. Johns, though, uh, heart of a warrior there, uh, but Munoz gets the job done. Another uh, impressive win for Pedro Munoz. What did you think of the fight? Poor Brett Johns, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he was looking good early in his career, you know, back-to-back losses, and, th- and this one was tough to watch. You know, yeah. you and I talked about this beforehand. This uh, this was another fight for someone like Pedro to really show his skills and, and get a win. And, man, that, those livers, the liver shots, oof. You know, a big ups to Brett Johns for hanging in there. Brett Johns for hanging in there. But, uh, listen, they got the real deal on this guy, Pedro. I think it's time to give him the next step. You know, if, if Aljamain Sterling wasn't booked, I would have liked to have seen that fight. That actually would have made a little bit of sense. Um, you know, but after uh, Aljo beats that, that guy Cody, maybe they'll do that fight with Pedro. Well, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if Sterling beats uh, Stamen, man. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll have to do a side bet on the side then. But uh, we, we, my boy, my boy Aljo is going to bring the. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he's your boy. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. Um, but no, no. You, you you look at the you look at Munoz's career here. Um, you know, uh, has the win over Rob Font. Losses to a Sunsau, Jimmy Rivera, and John Dodson. Like we're talking top guys. I think tonight yeah. was a good one for him. Uh, John's, by the way, went 15 and 0. Now has lost two straight fights. He was 3 and 0 in the UFC before his two fight losing streak. So, um, kind of weird matchmaking here for the UFC. Like you have a guy in John's who you know has a bit of appeal. You know, he came from Titan FC and everything, and now they give him Pedro Munoz, who you know I I I was pretty sure that Munoz was going to get the win. He was the favorite heading into this fight. He's got he's a, just a big guy for the division, and he takes care of business. But Munoz now, um, I think is in a good spot. You know, again, uh, he lost a split to John Dodson. Um, you know that that's nothing to, to shake off uh, by any means here. So um, yeah, I think he's in a good spot. And Brett Johns. I don't know, man. He he's, he needs a bounce back fight after this. Otherwise, uh, he could be getting the uh, getting getting released here if he loses another fight. Usually, you get two, and then you usually get one more here. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. But any other notes from this fight? I just thought Munoz didn't really have great fight IQ in the sense that he. I think he had opportunities to finish this fight, and he just didn't take advantage of it. I mean, how do you not see that Johns is injured? You know, take it to the mat, try and get a submission, or, or try something to just get him out of this fight. What did you think about that? You know what? Sometimes these guys kind of uh, they know they're winning. And they don't want to take the chance and slipping up, getting caught. And I think he just, he knew that it was a dominant win and said, you know what, if, if I charge it. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And- or if I try and go for the finish and I, and I listen, you've seen a lot of times where guys have guys on their, you know, on the back pedal and all of a sudden they slip up and they get caught. And that's the end of the fight. Look at, I mean, I hate to say this because I love Clay Guida, but the fight against Ortega, you know, 
he had that shit in the bag. And there were several times he could have jumped on, jumped on. And the one time he rushes in, boom, Ortega catches him. And it's true. And that was it. So the, these guys who, to your point, you know, the John Dodson fight, which you could arguably have thought he won. I actually thought he beat Dodson in that fight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Rivera, you know, he, like you said, losing the guys top of the division. Sometimes when you want, when you're making that climb back for confidence purposes, you just want to get the win. And that's it. Yeah, I agree. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, sticking with the uh, the bantamweight division, we had uh, Ricky Simone getting a win over Montel Jackson, not to be confused with Montel Jordan. Uh, this <laughs> is how we do it. Um, Simone, you know, got the win here. Uh, you know, Jackson's it just has a really good build for that division. Still very green. Uh, you know, he only made his pro debut uh, last year. Um, he's only got six fights, or I guess the seventh here tonight, making his debut on short notice. He actually closes the favorite, so Simone actually cashes a plus 105 underdog here. Um, not much to say. I thought Simone looked good in this fight. You know, his last fight, controversial, so it was good for him to get, like, a clear win here. Jackson, very green, but in, in a weird way, I think Jackson, uh, to some degree, actually showed that there's some potential there. You know, he's a Pura Vida guy, he trains with Zach Otto. Um, you know, looked look pretty good on the contender series. The reason he didn't get the contract was because there was a couple eye pokes and, you know, groin shots and things like that in that fight against uh, Rico DeShulo. Um, but, but nonetheless, I think there's some promise here for Jackson and Simone gets the win. I'd still like to see that Simone fight against Benito Lopez. That was supposed to happen on this card. Lopez has an ankle injury. Just your overall thoughts on the fight. Uh, Simone, uh, you know, improving the two and in the UFC. Well, I had Simone took it on short notice. So I'm always a fan of when guys take it on short notice and come up with the, with the victory. Plus he looked like he was giving up about tw- <laughs> twice the size in that fight. So I always root for the little guy. Uh, you know what? For me, this was a fight where you could take a lot of positive out of both guys. You know, like you said, uh, I don't want to almost maybe call him Montel Jordan. That's that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. That guy, like you say, he's got a good build for the division. He's green. Give him some time. You know, he didn't get you know he didn't get crushed. You know, he, there was some, he had some moments. It's just um, uh, what's the best way to kind of describe this one? You got a couple of prospects that there's some shine there. I think both of them could polish their game up a little bit. I think Ricky Simone's got a lot more to show. Also, again, coming on short notice, clearly looked like the smaller fighter. Just wanted to get the win. He did that. And to your point, that Benito Lopez fight would actually be a really good matchup for him next, depending on how long the ankle injury is there for. So, listen, it's interesting to see where these guys go from here. Um, but that's also the issue. What happens is you bring in a guy who's so green, you rush him too quick. It's a confidence thing, man. You don't want to lose the guys you're supposedly supposed to beat because then it's, it's a mind fuck. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and just so we're clear, because uh, I know you kept saying the short notice thing, it was Simone who was supposed to fight Benito Lopez. Jackson was the replacement. So oh, sh- short short, short notice um, replacement for Simone. But uh, Simone was supposed to fight Lopez, and they knew about this fight for a while. Yeah. Actually, a little bit, actually, a little bit of bad blood between Simone and uh, Lopez, because they were supposed to fight on the regional scene. Never happened. And then here they both are in the UFC. So uh, that, that's kind of an interesting fight. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll run it back. Or maybe the winner of the next fight we're going to talk about could potentially fight Ricky Simone next. And, of course, I'm talking about Ricardo Ramos and Kang Ho Kang. Uh, Ramos ends up coming through as the minus 275 favorite. Kang, the underdog, ha- put up a good fight at plus 235. What were your thoughts on this matchup? I, you know what? I thought this was a winnable fight with Kang. I thought he was a pretty live dog in this one. It just, I mean, he's been out for a while, if I'm correct. It was even mm-hmm. a three, three or four year hiatus, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's hard it's hard to jump into a, any a fight against anyone in the UFC after that long of a layoff. The fact that he didn't get finished kind of blows my mind. There was a lot of good scrambles in the first two rounds. I just thought Ramos just had more in the tank. Um, he was able to pull up those takedowns a little bit more, and he was able to string the combos together. You know, really kind of getting in and out in the right way and avoiding a lot of damage. Um, it was a you know what I liked the fight though. It was exciting. You know when when he had the knee bar deep, and then he rolled into the guillotine. I mean, you know, 
Sometimes these uh, these fights that get buried on the undercard are the best ones on the entire card. And this one I just thought was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Ramos does in the future against a little bit of a step up in competition. You know, I, I'm I'd like to see him fight a guy who's fought a little bit more <laughs> a little bit more recently. Um, you know, but a lot, again, another couple of guys was a lot of promise, and, and I like when you see this when the UFC brings in these guys that not many people have heard of. You know, because it kind of shows them, gives a little bit of a shine, and um, we'll see. But man, Kang is tough. Yeah, he is. He is one tough SOB, man. Yeah. And I thought this was a good win for Ramos. You know, 23 years old, he improves to 12 and one. That's four in a row for him in the UFC or yeah. sorry, three, three in a row in the UFC, yeah. I should say, because uh, he lost that fight in uh, well, he lost the fight in legacy, then had the one fight after that, then got signed to the UFC. I always get uh, confused, but he did finish Eamon Zahabi. I always remember that because Zahabi had a lot of hype, uh, you know, coming out of Canada and uh, he got finished by uh, Ramos. So that was a good win for him in the fight before this one. Um, yeah. So yeah, just good, good fight overall, really uh, showcasing the bantamweight tonight's uh, tonight, I guess. Um, uh, going down to the, um, what division was this? The, uh, let me just check here. Yeah, the Marlon Vera fight. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, no, not, no, not Marlon Vera. I was going to talk yeah. the featherweight, sorry. Shaman Moraes, Matt sales, uh, yeah. Moraes getting the win there. Uh, you know, a little controversial uh, with him getting the decision there. Uh, Matt sales, uh, guy off contender series and Alliance MMA product falls short in his UFC debut. I uh, just overall thoughts on this fight. I know some people weren't happy with it, but, uh, what did you think? Another fight that if you let it go to the scorecards just shows what can happen. You know, sometimes you get a little, you get a little ahead of yourself in the fight. You, you gotta, you know, there's an old saying, even when you're up for nothing in soccer or hockey or whatever, you know, I, I want to reference hockey for you. Cause I know you Canadians don't know any other sport other than hockey and MMA. Um, oh, my bad. So pretty much, uh, no, long story short, I think the guy thought he was probably up on the cards and just, was a little too hesitant in certain times. I think there was some moments where he could have really fired off a few more shots or he could have held on a little bit longer. Too hesitant, a little too much on the counter side of it, and he blew it. In my opinion, that was sales fight to lose, and he, and he did. Yeah. Um, just again, uh, you know, uh, Marais, uh getting back in the win column there. I mean, he had a tough uh, UFC debut against the beat. Um, I mean, I don't think that, that, that it's any tougher as far as a, a debut. So good to see him get uh, back on the win track. He's won three of four, including a win over UFC veteran Robbie Peralta in World Series of Fighting. So uh, some promise here for uh, for Shaman Marais, who I thought got a pretty raw deal in his debut. Like I mentioned in sales, I mean, he'll be back. He's a young kid, um, you know, lots of promise as well out of Alliance. So we'll have to see what happens there. I talked about about uh, off the top of the show, the flyweight division getting a lot of love with the Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo fight. But how about Alex Perez on the prelims tonight? Just a dominating performance over Jose Shorty Torres, who had a lot of hype himself, being a double champ, getting signed to the UFC. Perez finishes him. It looked like a complete clinic on his end. Torres didn't even look like he was in this fight. I mean, he had a couple shots here and there, but Perez really came out of his shell tonight, improves to 21-4. and What did you think of this performance tonight? To me, it really put the division on notice with a win like that over Shorty Torres. In that division, when you get a knockout as brutal as that, you bet your ass that rest of the division is going to be unnoticed. And that's someone who you can move up the ranks really quickly. And it's too bad John Lineker is not in that division anymore because that would have been a hell of a fight to watch. Listen, you know, you and I talked beforehand about Torres. Not a lot of people know about Titans sometimes. And he's a guy, double champ, very well-rounded. You know, he had the weight cut situation, you know, here and there. But Perez, you know, this was something I, I spoke to you about earlier, his power. You know, and when he gets into his combos, those body shots, I mean, then the dude could take a punch because Torres did tag him a few times in that last exchange. But, man, when, like I said, in that division, because that division, you're not supposed to have power like that. You're not supposed to knock a guy silly. And for those who don't know Shorty Torres, dude is a tough guy. 
And he's been in bad positions in other fights before, and he's come out on top, especially when he won his first title. If you remember, he got clipped first in the fight, came back, clipped the other guy, knocked him out, and won. Um, so for those of you that don't understand the severity or how big of a win this is for Perez, do your homework because this was a huge win for him tonight. Not just to beat uh, a double champ from Titan, which is one of the you know better uh, independent circuit organizations, but by knockout in the first round, silly. It's fucking yeah. silly. And uh, Perez wins in round one was plus 725. So if, uh, again, you're playing that uh, prop bet or whatever, uh, it's usually looking pretty good um, as far as that goes. So, uh, you know, uh, Perez uh, getting it done here and a, and a good win for him, who's, uh, you know, quietly amassed a pretty nice winning streak in the UFC. So uh, good, good on Perez here. And Torres, I'm sure, will be back. Uh, you know, a lot of hype behind him. But, uh, you know, losses uh, make or break uh, champions, right? I mean, there's plenty of guys. All the greats have lost. Demetrius Johnson just lost tonight. So, I mean, uh, you know, th- these things happen in MMA, as they say. Um, of course, uh, you know, in the, in the women's strawweight division, we had uh, Zhang getting the uh, unanimous decision win over Danielle Taylor. Uh, Zhang now uh, undefeated uh, since her, basically her pro debut. I mean, she hasn't lost. She's looked great. Uh, gets the uh, win in her UFC debut here over Danielle Taylor, who uh, Taylor now lost two in a row here. Granted, it's to uh, Aldrich and Zhang here, but, uh, you know, she could be on the on the brink here of uh, potentially getting cut soon. But uh, what would you think of Zhang's performance tonight? Uh, gets it, gets, uh, takes care of business. She looked great. I thought she looked yeah. great. I thought I think she did exactly what she needed to do to kind of show that she's just a little bit that she is a nice prospect in that division, uh, especially you know coming from where she's coming from. It's just uh, it's refreshing, you know. And she was really she did. I mean, she looked so well around tonight. And not that she was fighting top talent, but but Daniel Taylor's tough. She's tough. She wasn't backing down. I think Taylor was just relying way too much on her power and was very hesitant. And she, was it a winnable fight for her? I don't know. I think you saw the real difference in the level of, you know, fighting there. And, and nowadays, I think women in general, the division is starting to understand, you know, back in the day when the men's division, a guy like Matt Hughes, he was unbelievable at wrestling. He stuck to what he knew and he was so dominant. The only guy who's still able to do that is Ben Askren, who could stick to one thing he's good at, tell you he's going to do it and still do it. The women's division, it used to be like that, a.k.a. Ronda Rousey, you know. I can strike very little. I'm going to take you down, armbar you. I'm going to win every time. And look what happened as the sport evolves. So these fighters, someone like Daniel Taylor is not is not there. And it showed because her opponent picked her apart tonight because she is not as evolved as some of these other fighters. And that's what separates some of these women in the division. Uh, and opening up the the card, a short notice fight, but a fight that uh, I mean, if you look at this on paper, I even I even <laughs> said this in the, in the breakdown. I mean, this was a showcase fight for for Vera. You know, he lost two straight. He trains in California as a Timo Yama guy. Uh, you know, coming out here, and he gets a, a second round finish. He he looked great, and a nice uh, nice add add to the uh, to the highlight reel there as he takes out uh, Burren. Who uh, you know, Burren was lost to Ronaldo Die in his debut. I mean, that does not look very good. Ronaldo Die, I think, was uh, eight and six at the time when he fought him. Um, so Vera Vera gets a nice win on the highlight reel. Good to see him back though. You know, he's one of those good guys in the sport. You know, he had the his daughter had that surgery and everything, and uh, you know, he's just a he's just a really humble guy, really exciting fighter. Um, just a no BS type guy. And he's still got some good wins. I mean, he has that win over Brian Kelleher and he had the win over Pickett. So good to see Vera getting back in the win column. And what a nice way to kick off this card. I really like this fight. Yeah. And he was the biggest favorite on the card too. And uh, it, it was funny. He said something like my coach told me, um, go finish this or something. And he went out and just did it. You know what? Like you said, it was a showcase for him. Good guy, good story behind him. And, and it's it's also nice to see when you're minus 530 that you do what you're supposed to do at minus 530 on a card. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, that that goes the breakdown here. We're going to get to your questions. I know you guys are just spamming, not spamming. You guys are filling up the chat thing. I shouldn't say spam. Um, but uh, but yeah, let, let's let's get to your questions, guys. We'll just answer them uh, before we uh, wrap things up here uh, in the next little bit. Um, we've got someone saying, how did Kang lose? He said, how did Kang lost? That doesn't make sense. But uh, did you feel like Kang uh, you know, might, might have edged that one out? Or were you pretty confident that Ramos was going to get it done? Yeah, no, I, I mean, Kang clearly did not. I mean, th- there was... <sighs> You know, the only, the only round that Kang, in my opinion, might have won was, what, round one? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't think he won round two and round three. I, Ramos definitely did more. I mean, it, 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 put it, let's put it this way. I, at no point did I say to myself, oh, this could go to Kang. I, I thought Ramos did enough to win a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. If, that makes, if that that's enough to explain yeah. it. It's, it's, it no, no, I agree. Hard. Yeah. I agree with that too. A lot of people talking about the Cody fight, just saying, you know, Cody, uh, you know, made a mistake type thing. I mean, it's, it's a weird, okay. What's weird about the main, the, the, the main event, I should say, is that like Cody knows his way to beat TJ is to, to land that power shot. But then you're also fighting a guy in TJ who, you know, is more of a technical striker, I guess is sort of the best way to put it. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like that, that's why I picked TJ going into this fight. Cause I knew the chances of Cody landing a power shot, as opposed to TJ being patient and picking his shots was pretty good. I mean, Cody did hit TJ a few times, but TJ is just so smart when it comes to his striking that I think he wouldn't be susceptible to, to getting hit. And we saw that here tonight. So it's just a game of inches, man. Like Cody probably knocks out everyone else in that division. But when you're fighting a guy like TJ who's so smart, and by the way, styles make fights like Cody beats Dominic, Dominic beats TJ. Granted, I thought TJ won that fight, but nonetheless, it's uh, it's just one of those weird things where it's like sometimes styles make fights. And I think that, uh, yeah, it was just, I think Dillashaw just has Garbrandt's number at this point, And, uh, it's interesting to to see uh, you know him, him get the win here and everything like that. Um, let's see what else we got here as far as questions go. Uh, people complaining about the audio. Well, the audio has been better, I think, ever since you did whatever it is I told you to do. It seems like it's all good. Uh, what else we got here? Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. Um, I don't know where Jimmy Van is. I don't know where Sean Ross Sapp is tonight. I think he's somewhere uh, like that. Uh, Bill Blast is saying Holland was gassed out by the end. Yeah, Holland, uh, his cardio has always been a bit of an issue in, in his fights. Well, normally he doesn't go the decision. He usually uh, finishes his fights early. But uh, um, And a lot of people saying Holland's done. Um, I, I don't think Holland's done at all. He's 25, man. He's got one loss. He had, I think he was on a, what was the winning streak he was on heading into this fight? It was pretty good. He just um, lost to Tiago Santos, who he should have got crushed, and he lost by decision. He's not. And you know what? You know, you know, the last loss he had before that was actually against Curtis Millinder. It was a decision loss at oh, welterweight. Wow. Um, I mean, that's not a bad loss either. This guy's, I, you know, uh, Bill's not the first person to say this tonight about, um, uh, about Kevin Holland saying that he's done. He's a shot fighter. Like, no guy's 25. He's got, he's got, he's got lots of time, you know? I'm sure people were saying the same thing when Bispin got knocked out by Henderson, saying this guy's done, his chin's bad. I mean, he, he came back and ended up winning the title. So, I mean, uh, that, that's one of those things uh, to say. Uh, what else we got here? Um, someone's asking, how, is, how much is McGregor and Habib getting paid for their fight? Probably a lot, because I know that was a big part of uh, the discussions, was Habib getting a, a good fare of, his, uh, you know, fare of his change or whatever. But the UFC has to know this is probably the biggest fight they can do right now, um, as far as that goes. Are you hearing anything as far as the paydays, Ian? Um, <laughs> certain things I just can't say. Uh, well, let's, let's look at it this way. Khabib's contract, technically by the contract, he would be getting paid $200,000 for this fight, but he would not take the fight. He said, if, from what I was told, what Khabib was telling the UFC or Ali, whoever's negotiating said, if you're going to pay Khabib 200, then he will fight Tony. He will not fight Connor. 
if he's going to fight Connor, then you got to pay me to fight Connor. So I'm going to go out on the limb here and guess that Khabib is probably getting about a half a million for this fight. I, th- I think he, I think he might even be getting a million. I don't think so. I think what no? he's going to probably do is get a half million straight up, not with no to show or to win, just to show, no win. Um, I think a lot of these guys, when they get the guarantee and the money up front, it kind of, because first off, this is not a knock on Khabib. Why are you paying Khabib a million dollars? Mm-hmm. All right. You know, to your point, this is the fight to make in the division, but that's because it's Conor McGregor. Let's right. say that Conor was in jail for eight months, which we all knew wasn't going to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big time athletes don't do that for petty crimes. All right. Even though what he did was fucked up, we all knew he was going to get a slap on the wrist, pay some people off, call it a day. Let's put it this way. If it was Tony versus Khabib, you think those guys are getting paid millions of dollars, even if it's for a title fight? If Conor McGregor said, I'm never fighting again, do you remember the division will go on, the organization continues, and they need a champion. Um, I think Khabib should be very happy with 500000 at his belt. And technically, he beat Ally Akinta for the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and you know Al's my boy. He didn't finish Al. You know, Al took that fight on six seconds notice and went the distance. So, you know, I think Khabib's going to get about 500000 um, no win money just to show. And Connor's probably going to be in around the 2 million area, but Connor will get pay-per-view buys. I don't think Khabib will. We've got some more questions here in the chat. Um, you know, just people asking their thoughts on the fight. I mean, I'm actually surprised the fight happened. I didn't think Connor would ever fight Habib, but props to him for stepping in there and fighting one of the best grapplers in there. Again, it's, he has to. you know, I, I did a reaction video this morning on my YouTube channel. You can check that out, youtube.com slash Lynch on sports. But I basically said, like, I mean, I think Connor has the potential to knock out anyone. So there's always that. And then Khabib is, you know, really just dominated pretty much most of the guys he's fought. Forget about the Al fight. That was on 48 hours notice. We can't put any stock into that. You look at the Ed- Edson Barbosa fight. I mean, the way he dominated him, that was very impressive. So it's an intriguing matchup. Probably the, one of the most intriguing matchups we're going to see as far the as only, that fight. The only, the only thing about that fight that's really, really bizarre, it's going to be the first time in a really long time you have strong. Striker versus grappler, like straight up. The last time that happened with Connor was against Chad Mendez, and Chad Mendez was absolutely dominating that fight. But when they got tired and he got hit, that was done. It's going to be weird to, you know, when you say, I'm surprised Connor took that fight. Well, what choice did he really have? There was no other fights that UFC was going to give him because if he's coming back, he's coming back for either a mega payday, like a George St. Pierre type of fight, mm-hmm. or it's got to be a title fight. Who's the champion right now? It's technically Khabib. Um, and Khabib is a huge draw. And look what they just think about it. They just did the partnership with Russia, you know, with M1. And if Khabib beats Connor, again, now you got a marketing situation. It's just, it's always business, man. It's just always business. And, and listen, let's be real here. Connor's been spending money like, like crazy. I'm sure he probably could use a payday. Yeah. Win or lose, the dude's going to make a few million dollars. That's true. I kind of was just of the idea that Conor may never fight in the UFC again, and that he might just do his own thing and just be Conor McGregor promotions and fight whoever he wants outside the UFC. I, I really thought that could have been a possibility because you saw how much money he could make with Floyd Mayweather, right? So to me, it's like... Yeah, but, he could... yeah, but, but, but here's the thing, though. Remember I told you this. I told yeah. you that was going to be the best thing he ever does then, but mm. after that, it's going to be the worst thing that he does moving forward because here's the thing. I'm going to give you a little tip from things I've heard in Hollywood. Um, one, Conor can only play Conor. Okay, so you want to throw him on Game of Thrones, some soccer hooligan movie, you know, let let him be him. He's unbelievable. I think if Conor McGregor is to continue in this world and it's not MMA, he goes to WWE where his personality belongs. Okay, if he if he loses to Khabib, he's going to get paid. 
I don't know what's left for him at that point because then him fighting GSP, what's that going to really do? People still may want to see it because now the title doesn't really matter. But I think Connor ends up in WWE um, if he loses to Khabib. Well, and, you know, again, I don't want to veer off too much on track here, but I think if Connor loses to Habib, then you do the Diaz fight because I don't think Diaz beats Poirier. And, and I you know, I've, I've heard it. I've heard it for the last 48 hours from Diaz fans telling me that Dustin's going to get submitted. Dustin's going to get knocked out. Like, I, I think Poirier wins that. Like, I think that's an easier fight for Poirier than Tony Ferguson. 100%. And here's the thing that I am having trouble understanding about the Diaz family. I'm a huge Nick and Nate Diaz fan. I've met them multiple times. They've always been really cool and respectful. I don't really understand why Nate thinks he is the biggest star on the planet. Like, you you win, you lose. You win, you lose. He's one of the more inconsistent fighters in regards to actual records. You know, mm-hmm. remember, he lost he, lo- he lost to Connor. I mean, you, you lost to Connor. Okay, you beat Michael Johnson. You lost to Connor. You know, it's like, why? But that, but that, that, that's the funny part. Sorry to interrupt you. People keep bringing up the Michael Johnson win, and it's like, are we really going to use that as an example as a guy who's lost five of his last six fights? Like, I see people bring this up a lot. Thank you. And, and, Thank then, you. and then, they, then they bring up the whole thing with Johnson beating Poirier. It's like, if Dustin Poirier fought Michael Johnson today, he would destroy him. Like, it, like Dustin has gotten Dude, so much better since that loss. It's... I think if Dustin fought Connor right now, I think Dustin Poirier wins. Because Ooh, I think that's, he, that's they, iffy, yeah. But... Well, yeah, well, no, hear me out, though. Yeah. Back when Poirier fought Connor, Poirier was in a different weight class. Yeah. And he was fighting way different. He fought very emotional. Look at the way he fought Eddie, okay? And he wasn't winning necessarily that fight. And we could all agree that he was in the mount. And that was a really weird stand-up, whatever. Poirier's fighting on a different level mentally right now. Connor would not be able to psych him out. And I don't think people understand Poirier's unbelievable on the ground. He's won as many by submission as he, and he has knockout. You don't think that if he gets tagged by Connor, he's going to take that fight to the ground. There's nothing that, you know, it, it's people need to understand something. Fights that happened two or three years ago, they don't matter. Okay. Mm. GSP got knocked out by Matt Sarah, who was my coach. Okay. Look what GSP did after that. Okay. He, he went back and dominated and hasn't lost. Since for all you out there that are think you're MMA fans or you you consider yourself an MMA fan, you guys got to pay attention because Michael Johnson beat Poirier in this sport. Anyone can catch anyone at any point. That does not mean that their careers all of a sudden are in the shithole. Okay, since mm-hmm. then Poirier went up and has done damage at 155. Eight one and one, dude. It's 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 crazy. You know, people don't realize guys like Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, they are not easy to put away. Anthony Pettis, tough to put away. Anthony Pettis, these guys just don't get put away, and he's finishing them as he says he will. Um, You know, I don't get, you know, for for Poirier, I also think it's a very weird fight for him, but it's good because he knows that if he waits for that title shot, you know what his whole thing is, man? Say Connor beats Khabib, you know Connor is not going to be fighting until probably the July 8th card next year during International Fight Week on the biggest, you know, that card of the year. Dustin doesn't want to wait a year to fight. So go get a payday. If you think you could beat Nate who hasn't fought in 20 years, you know, and who, his, you know, and, and, but you also know how Nate's going to fight and, and Dustin's seen it before. I, I think Dustin wins that fight pretty easily. And I think he's the next guy to fight for the belt. And then wherever the hell Tony Ferguson fits in at that point is going to be mind blowing. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen there. All right. We got to get it's to some good, questions it's here. A, it's, a, it's a good problem yeah. to have in that division. So uh, Justin H asks, uh, so does Dana give DJ the the JJ uh, treatment, basically saying that uh, that that does DJ get an immediate rematch? Um, he thinks that Henry has not earned the right to fight for the 135 belt. Well, I agree with that. The only thing is, like, a couple things. First off, I like that guy. I like 
like that guy. I, I don't think that Dana is like a huge Demetrius Johnson fan just because he's not a draw. And then, so there's that. Like, like I'm just, I'm just putting the context in here. I'm not saying it's right. So, so you have that. And then you have Cejudo says, I want to fight Dillashaw. And the Dillashaw tonight saying, I want to fight Henry. Like, it seems like that's what's going to happen next. I don't know. I mean, is it fair? No, but... You know, I, I, think, I, think, I, I, I think, but you got to understand something though. Dana, Dana is all about the business just because those guys want to fight each other. How do you market that fight? Just think about this logically. Henry Cejudo is not a name yet. He beat Demetrius. So now his name is known, but this is what I'm talking. You got to build the stars up. TJ has only defended his belt, you know, one time, mm-hmm. you know, he beat Cody, let him beat Marlon Moraes, let him beat Dominic again. If that's what happens, you know, I mean, you got to let this build up these super fight things. All that they do Honestly, like what Cormier did made sense because it was really that division was cleaned out unless it's John Jones. So that fight is the only one in a very long time that made sense if you're going to do a super fight. Other than if you had John Jones versus Anderson Silva when Silva was crushing everyone, you know, whatever it was. Um, it, it, by doing that, you just, you're putting too many guys on the bench who should be fighting for the belt. You know, you got a sunset. I mean, like you said, Marlon Moraes, a sunset. These guys are all, they're deserving of title shots. Why give it to a guy who beat Demetrius? To answer uh, the guy who asked the question, first off, whatever your name is, I like you, man. Same Justin page. H. Justin H. You're the man. You obviously pay attention to the sport. We're going to be buds one day. Um, yeah, I think Cejudo absolutely gives a rematch to Demetrius Johnson. You got you have a guy who's defended the belt for six and a half years and has broken every record, all the records. Of course, he gets an immediate title shot. Whether Dana likes him for being a draw or not, Demetrius is the only name in that division. You have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. It's uh, it's it's very interesting to see sort of what happens. Um, yeah, Bill Blast is saying who does Ferguson fight? Um, yeah, I don't know because he can't fight Kevin Lee. They already fought. No one wants to see that rematch so soon. I mean, who's up there? Maybe he fights Al. I don't know. I was just gonna say that I would like to see him versus Ali Akinta. You know, or or I mean, if you uh, see, the only other thing you can do is break the rules for a guy coming off a win and loss. You could have Tony fight Eddie Alvarez if Alvarez gets re-signed, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it's just, it's tough. I think the ally... I'll, I'll, I'll throw a wrinkle in this. I don't think anyone's even mentioned this. Michael Chandler. So, I'm pretty sure Chandler's going to re-sign with Bellator. You um, think? I don't want him to, selfishly, because I really would like to see him get tested, but I just think Bellator is going to offer him so much money because yeah. he's been there for so long and the fight against Primus was weird because he like fucked up his ankle. But see, that's it, what makes me think he will go to the UFC because he was supposed to, remember he fought Yamauchi or whatever for no reason. Like he could have fought Primus at that time and he just takes that fight instead. So that makes me think that he wanted funny. to just write out his contract. Well, yeah, that's true too, but I don't know. To me, it was... The question, the question is, let me ask you a question. If Scott Coker throws a half a million dollars at Chandler and the UFC goes, your first fight, you make it 80. Yeah, that's yeah. Does the, does the brand matter? Bellator has to overpay guys to keep them and get them. I mean, listen, yeah. Ryan Bader, smartest thing he ever did. Rory McDonald, smartest thing he ever did. Because these guys know I'm not winning the title in the UFC. I've been part of the brand for a while. That's how people know who I am. Let me go to Bellator. Let me go be a two division champ and make stupid money. You know, listen, Rory McDonald's not going to go to Hollywood. Neither is Ryan Bader just jumped in a vape commercial for vitamins. That's as far as his acting career is going. But he's making a ton of money, and he's he's probably going to win the heavyweight tournament. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's true. Um, what do we got here? Mezzy Mez says, people sleeping on Dustin. Not us. I'm not sleeping on Dustin nope. for you. And, and I got so much Why crap. Awake? 
like, like I said, on the, in the last 48 hours, I did a reaction video to, um, to Poirier and, uh, and Diaz. And I have so many people saying that Poirier is going to get out. It's like, like, did you not watch the last three fights? Like, it's not just that, like, he won these fights. It's that he finished these guys. Like, finishing Alvarez, tough. Alvarez is, you know, what, two TKO losses prior to that. Nick Thompson and um, and Connor. Okay, so to finish him like that, amazing. Finishes Pettis. Pettis has been finished before, yes, but by, like, Holloway. And, like, he's very tough to finish. And then, like, Gaethje. Yeah, Gaethje's been finished a few times. But, like, again, to go and finish those guys in a row. Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is the first one to finish Gaethje. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I don't really, I, I, like I said, I don't really, listen, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz are legends. They put in their time, but when you don't fight, like, that's my problem. They don't fight for all you guys out there. You guys are, you guys keep thinking vintage Diaz. You're thinking the Nate Diaz that beat Connor. You forget that he lost to Connor after that. You know, if anything, I think this is a shitty fight for Nate Diaz to come back to because if he loses. Yeah. Guys, I'm telling you right now, if Nate Diaz or when Nate Diaz loses to Dustin, Nate Diaz is going into retirement, and that'll be it. Probably, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I'm just just trying to see here uh, behind the scenes. MMA says TJ versus Holloway. No, Holloway's got to finish up some business uh, at uh, at 45, and also, um, yeah, Holloway would, or I mean, yeah, Hollow, I don't even know if Holloway will ever fight at 45. I mean, he might. I mean, he might get one more fight, but that's a tough cut for him, man. Like even concussion, whatever stuff aside, like. It's it's a tough cut for him or whatever. I, I would like to see him fight Ortega. I think he beats Ortega, and then I like to see him shoot up to fifty five because he yeah fifty fifty five yeah yeah because I I think he's somebody like I said I think he's the more, the most evolved fighter through the course of their UFC. I mean, if, for you guys that didn't watch that fight against Connor, um, it, it could have went either way with that one. It was very questionable. You watch the Max Holloway now from Max Holloway then, and you're you're looking at possibly easily the best pound for pound outside of DJ, even though he lost tonight, the next best pound for pound fighter, because what he's done since then has been nothing short of incredible. I think this is a good time to wrap things up here, Ian. Uh, it was so great getting you on here on the podcast. I want to thank everyone for watching first off, because uh, you know, Sean Ross Sapp normally does this. Uh, I'm glad he uh, gave me the, uh, the fill in spot. Um, you know, tonight I'm glad I was the, the Max Holloway at the last minute uh, coming in, just try and save the day. I didn't miss weight. So we're, uh, we're good here. I was able to, uh, to, to make it happen. Um, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I uh, just, yeah, like I said, want to thank Sean. I want to thank Ian for stepping up, man. Ian, this was good. You know, for those who don't know, Ian and I used to do a podcast and, uh, you know, we used to do this all the time. So, uh, you know, we've got a bit of chemistry. It's good to have him back on the mic, but Ian, more importantly, where can people find you on social media and anything you got to plug, man, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, you can catch me at Parker Cage Hero on Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, you know, I have a few things in the works. Um, unfortunately, it is stuff that I cannot release uh, due to legal stuff in, in a good way, all, all in a good way. Hopefully soon I'll be able to break some pretty incredible news. Uh, but yeah, no, listen, it's always a pleasure. It's fun getting back on the mic. We do happen to have some pretty solid chemistry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always fun discussing the fights and uh, comparing who beat who and whatnot. I'm pretty sure you picked... Uh, Torres and you probably lost me a little bit of money on that one, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I did no pick Torres, deal. unfortunately. You, you 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 gave me a good one last week on the contender series. Uh, oh, uh, Sonique Youssef, uh, you and James Vick, Sudeik. I know, want some good money on that. Vick and John Anik. I even said to John Anik, you had the jump on that one, and he he direct messaged me. He goes, "Nah, me and Vick since 2012." I said, <laughs> "I just went, come on, John, come on, John." Yeah, so, but no, yeah, man, a lot of fun. Always always appreciate it. Love the short notice call ups. I always make weight for my short notice appearances. So it's been a real.
Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. I uh, know UFC until the 25th, but that doesn't mean I don't have a crap ton of interviews for you guys to watch. I did a whole bunch today for Fightful, including Courtney Casey, Brian Barbarina, James Krause. Uh, there's plenty more coming here too. Um, just yeah, follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. You can find all my content there. Check out Fightful.com, Fightful Select, all that good stuff. Uh, Sean Rossap uh, is going to be back here. I want to again, thank him for, for having me on and uh, thank you very much for watching everyone. Have a good night and we'll uh, see you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.